0: This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. I don't know about you guys. Um, Somebody said this, uh, Mike said this, and it's funny because I was already feeling it. It feels good today. Like, do you feel in the atmosphere how good it feels? I don't know how many of you are like feelers. Um... You don't even really have to be a feeler, it just feels good. When I, when I walked in, and I walked in the pre-service prayer, it felt, there's been a few times where they were usually right before or right after a massive transition happened, that it felt just clean in the atmosphere. I can't explain it, I don't know how else to word it, it just, sometimes you walk in and you feel resistance or all this stuff, and today it just feels clean. And excites me because I know that the Lord is up to something. That's something that we can't work up. That's something that he's coming and said, he's setting a table for something new. And he's cleaning the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it's funny because that little video, I'd never seen that video until a couple of days ago. I thought, let's just find something to show people who this guy is. And I found that video and it actually means so much to me because that's kind of how I minister um i'm actually sometimes it's funny enough you can i can talk well but sometimes you if you're not careful you can find yourself starting to feel intimidated and the lord spoke to me one time the exact same thing he said can you just be just stand up and just be a son and when people leave they feel loved not impressed loved we we put way too much pressure on preachers to impress people um I can send you a list of people's quotes that will impress you. But my my job is not to just try to pull something together to impress people. My job is for people to feel loved. Because that's happening, there's something happening in this church. Because there's a bunch of other people that say, we just really need to let people feel loved. And the Lord, can I just say, I'm, this is, I just feel some prophetic kind of starting up here. The Lord is really happy with those of you that are here that uh, this is your home, I just feel like the pleasure of the father this morning. Like he's just happy. I can't explain it except for like when your dad is proud of you and then give you a hug. That's what I feel this morning. As I walked in the house like God is was like let me give you a hug. Isn't that good? Yeah. Let's stand up. We're going to end with a word. No, uh, Laughter Some of you are like, sweet, get to go to lunch early. Um, No, I, I, sometimes when I feel this, I just don't want to rush through it. My sermon will make it in there somewhere, probably. But I just want to kind of just, here's what I feel. All the every time we meet in this church, there's people in the room with needs, but there's sometimes people with really, really big needs. Like, to, they're on that point of just, or maybe you're past that point. Maybe you feel desperate. I feel this morning there's a real grace to be released over some of you that are just in a place of, like, I need answers or I need something now. Like, it's the thing that keeps you up at night, it's the thing that you lay in bed and it's just you're trying to sleep and it's rolling through your mind. I know all of us could say we have a need, but I feel like there's a few specific needs here this morning that you really need the Lord to intervene. I'm going to ask you, if you'd be bold enough, I'm not going to ask what it is, but we're going to pray over you, but if you'd be bold enough to say, I'm in a place right now, I need a breakthrough, I need answers now, raise your hand. Wow, that's why I felt it. Look around, leap I won't look around, church. I need you. Everybody go put your hand on somebody or if put your hand towards somebody. And I want you to take about, I'm not going to lead you. I'm going to join you. I want you to take about one minute, to two, even up to two or three minutes, to pray over those people and to release breakthrough and to release answers into what they're facing right now. Go ahead and pray for them, okay? Come on, let's be the church. You guys pray over them. Make sure, listen, they need to hear you praying over them. So just begin to release Break through over their situation, begin to release favor, and we're going to believe for miracles after this, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Just speak blessings over them, release favor over them, release answers over them. Thanks. Thanks. Even in the Bible, when it talks about they lifted their voice and it said that the Lord sent out ambushing angels. Some of them need ambushing angels to go out before them and to address some of this. So we even release those angels right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Release the love of the Lord over them. That they would feel loved. Even, Even if they don't feel the changes yet, that they would feel the overwhelming love of the Lord right now. Everybody in this room can pray that they feel the love of the Lord. Be overwhelmed with His love. Be overwhelmed with His grace. Come on, just another thirty seconds. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray one more thing. Pray the burden would lift off right now. Come on, pray the burden would lift off. It is possible to walk through challenging situations and not carry the burden of that situation. Pray that the burden would lift off. You may go home and you still have to face it, but pray that the burden would lift off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down
0: Come on sing it again You're
1: never gonna let you're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down. Singing over them, you're never gonna let. You're never gonna let them down. Singing over them, you're never gonna let. You're never gonna let them down. You are. You are good. You're good. Oh. You are good, you're good. Whoa, oh, you are good.
0: You know, I tell people often, I said, we desire with all of our heart not only to be spirit-filled but spirit-led. Often people will um, be spirit-filled, but I want to be spirit-led, which means that what he says is where I'm going. Even right now. It's not like once I get in my sermon, then we'll let him back in in the altar. (laughs) Even now, because what I have to say is way better if he joins in. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. I, I feel this. I, I feel this recalibration happening this morning. Sometimes, sometimes um, the best way I know how to say it is that it's like a scope on a gun. You know, if you if you jolt it enough, your scope can get off. And although you're looking through that scope and your target looks like, your, your, your sights look like they're right on, you keep shooting and you keep missing. And sometimes it looks like we're right on, but sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to come in and recalibrate us a little bit. And when he does, all of a sudden you'll find that sometimes it's a lot, even less effort and you're more effective. Because we're, our, our sights are on. And I felt like it's not a correction word at all. That's not what it is. The Lord just kept speaking to my heart for me, for us, for our family and our friends. He was saying, I just want to recalibrate this morning. Just, just get us back to the point where we're looking straight through these sights right on Him. One of the most unique aspects of the kingdom of God is that we live in this interesting place between being completely satisfied with Him yet needing and to live in a place with a desire for more. It's, 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 it's this piece where I am absolutely satisfied with him, yet I want so much more. And we walk this fine line where it's, it's this, we don't want to just lean into I'm satisfied, I'm good, baby, I'm going to hang out. Where it's, he's so good, I've got to have more of it. It's kind of like good cooking. (laughs) You taste it and you're like, man, that's good. Give me some more. A lot of people don't want to come to church because they've tasted some bad cooking. (laughs) And they've thrown out everything with some bad cooking. And they say, well, that tasted terrible. Thanks for reminding me I'm a sinner. Because i forgot this week <laughs> matt i so appreciated what matt sorger said he said you know the most of he he was here last week if you weren't here he preached just a great word on threshing floors and he made this remark he said you know when my mom had this massive healing and she was a Catholic, and he's like, nobody laid hands on her, nobody prayed over her. All of a sudden, she was just encountered the Lord, had a complete healing. And then he said, I encountered the Lord. He said, but nobody needed to tell me I was a sinner to recognize what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because when he came into the presence of the Lord, he said, I already recognized my need. And if we could actually just represent him good enough, people... We don't have to tell them their needs and their issues. We just have to be able to show them he's good. <laughs> and, and there's this place that, of satisfaction and hunger that we live in. And hunger is good. Hunger is important. People who aren't hungry aren't healthy. If my kids lose their appetite, they're sick. Trust me. Parents know what we're talking about. If your kids stop eating, they're machines. <laughs> he's, he's cracking up down here. It's true, isn't it? But if they stop eating, I know something's wrong. Because if their hunger has stopped, something's not right. You see, we, we're coming into this great revelation of that God is so good. I think the church is really starting to grab it, that he is actually good. I think we've good good fathered it to the point where we believe it. Like, I think we've got it. I'm not dissing the song. Probably one of the most powerful songs in like a long time to be written. But we've we finally are understanding he is good. And we're starting to really understand that I can rest in him. I don't have to strive in him. Isn't that really good? I don't have to I, you know, the, you know, the great thing is when He looks at me, when God looks at me, He sees Christ in me. I don't have to attain something. He already attained it. I just get to welcome Him in me. And we're beginning to understand this, but the thing that we have to be careful of is that we don't confuse the lack of we, we don't have to be desperate, but we need to stay hungry. We need to stay hungry for Him. Because a lack of hunger is concerning. And maturity in the kingdom is actually sustained through living in a place of hunger. People who are mature in the kingdom, actually mature, are people who stay hungry. Put it this way. Religion will keep you full. Kingdom will keep you hungry. Religion makes you feel full. But the kingdom makes you hungry. Hunger is not to be confused with desperation or he doesn't care about me or or, or any of that kind of nonsense. Hunger hunger is health. And so there are times, uh, interestingly enough, in our physical bodies, when we get hungry, we eat and we're full. But in the kingdom, when we get hungry, we eat, and we get more hungry. <laughs> you come into a service, you eat, you taste it. Break this down in case you're not following me. You come in, you taste and see that he is good. You came in, and you were feeling down sometimes, right? Y'all are, like, amazing if you don't deal with that. Because I come in some weeks, and I'm like, oh, I'm just feeling down. And I come in, and the band just boom, kicks it off. And I'm like, I can feel it lifting. And by the end, I'm like, oh, is it over? Why? Because I tasted and I needed more. I don't taste him and say, well, that'll do for a week. I need more. The more I taste him, I feel like by Monday, I'm like, oh, I need more. And it's so good. In the kingdom, we get hungry, and we eat, and we get more hungry, and it's the cycle that it's supposed to be, and sometimes we realize, though, that we can get into a place where if we're honest with ourselves, we can begin to realize the warning signs that our hunger is decreasing if we're honest with ourselves. I'm not talking like, well, thank you, Lord. I'm good. Really? You didn't sound good when you were talking to your spouse before church. Really? Because I heard how you were talking to other people. Well, I'm good in Jesus' name. Well, come on, man. Let's be real. Are you doing well? And you can begin to know our warning signs. (laughs) I felt like this breeze of chill go through the room when I said that. Like, (laughs) All right. It's not you. It's me. All right. It's me. Let's talk about John. When I start talking to my spouse, and I'm not talking to my kids right, and I'm all of a sudden starting to be more caught up and sitting on my phone than I am about being in his presence, I know that my hunger is decreasing. And so I know that I need to make an adjustment, and there's certain things that we have to do. And it's not just like this overall umbrella of hunger. There's different areas of hunger. There's an area of hunger for his presence in worship. There's an area of hunger for wanting to see the supernatural in signs, wonders, and miracles. There's an area of hunger of wanting to just experience the love of the Lord. There's not this blanket statement of hunger that hits everything. Some people are just hungry for worship, and I love it. I get around them, and sometimes that's me. But then I begin to realize, you know what? My hunger is waning in this area. So what do I do? I come over here, and I begin to. first thing I do is I begin to hang around people that have that hunger. Like people that are, uh, uh, they just move in the supernatural. It's really, it's normal. It's, yeah, it's kind of normal. But it's, it's, it's supposed to be normal. And I hang around them, and I begin to read about the generals in the faith. And I begin to listen to things, and I begin to read the passages, and I begin to stir myself. And what happens? All of a sudden, you get hungry. You begin to get really hungry. We have to understand. That there's this. There's this thinking that's kind of uh, I feel in some of the people that are in the stream that we're in have actually confused the idea that hungry people in the kingdom almost represent like they're lacking. But I would rather say that hungry people represent humility. Because hungry people are saying, "You have what I need." Because humility is a position of your heart that says, I can't do this without you. This is really important we understand this piece on humility because there's a lot of false humility. That just makes, it's it's like behavioral humility. If I just act this way, I'm humble. Or if I can just be broke the rest of my life, I'll be more Humble. It just doesn't match Ephesians in my book. Because he says you're blessed with all blessings. And so when we're not careful, we can begin to represent the idea of humility with lack. And that's not true. Humility is recognizing that I can't do this without him, humility is realizing that I have it, but he's the source. There's a passage that we refer to often, if you have your Bibles, open up to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. There's this fun, I've I've read it probably two or three times, uh, at least in the past few months. And it's this cool passage that says, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you known, (laughs) excuse me, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. I'm gonna read that again, because it's like really confusing. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. That man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Let's stop there. There's this this is kind of a almost a funny passage because manna, the word means what is it? So basically he's saying in this passage, I fed you with what is it? I find it funny cuz sometimes like I set a meal out for my kids and they're like what is it? but I know what it is. Can you imagine someone like, here's some what is it? (laughs) What? (laughs) He says, so I fed you with what is it? And the Lord began to challenge me this morning. He said, are you okay with being fed things that you don't fully understand? Are you okay with being fed what is it? Because... The interesting thing is it goes on to say, he fed you with what is it, but then it said, then you know. Sometimes you have to be able to eat the things that you don't know to get the greater revelation of what your heart really wants to know. (laughs) Sometimes you have to be able to come into the presence of the Lord, and when things are happening and he's speaking, and that feeling of like, what is that? He's saying, do you really want the greater revelation, or are you going to get caught up on that little piece of food? He fed him with, what is it? (laughs) And sometimes for us, we end up in this place of knowing because we actually gave up the desire to understand. Don't confuse understanding with knowing. Sometimes I do not understand things, but I know in my heart what's happening. Sometimes I don't understand why this is happening, but I know he's still good right there. Sometimes I don't understand why families who have loved the Lord and given it all they got, and they're going through the ringer. I wish I had an answer why, but I still know that he's good, and he's right there. Some people feel like if they can't understand, they can't know. What a lie. What a lie the idea that we even think we could understand everything from Almighty God. And he said, I'm going to feed you this thing that's what is it. Sometimes we have to trust him in the middle of situations where there's a lot of just what is it. And when we can do that, it will ultimately bring us into a much greater revelation often we're looking for explanations when Jesus is actually inviting us really more into greater revelations. You might have went into a certain situation just wanting to know. Maybe you're in this situation and you just want to know how to get out of it. That's where we are sometimes. I'd just really love to get out of the situation. But God's heart is really to give you such a greater revelation than just an escape plan. (laughs) Are you still with me? Sometimes his heart isn't just to make a quick escape. It's to give you a much greater revelation of who he is in the process. And I know sometimes we're praying, like, Lord, just help me out of this. And he's like, oh, just hang in there. Because I'm developing something beautiful in you. He even talks about two different types of faith in the Bible, faith and enduring faith. What's the difference? One endures. (laughs) What's the point? You're going to have to endure sometimes. I mean, there's two different types of faith, faith and enduring faith. Faith gives immediate answers. Enduring faith builds character. Sometimes he brings us through a process of saying, I'm going to bring you out. Don't worry. And I and you're, you're having enduring faith right now. And we need both. But sometimes we're so caught up with wanting the answer for the situation we're in. And God's saying, I just want to give you such a greater revelation. So much bigger than what you're in right now. <laughs> I don't know how many of you ever been in that place where you were in the middle of something, and by the time you got out, you came out with such a massive revelation of who he was. And it was not in the middle of it. It may not have been what you were looking for. You just might have been looking for the next $100 to pay your bills. But by the end, you've, you really got a revelation that he's the provider. Yeah. That was pretty good. I'm going to say that one again. It <laughs> wasn't even in my notes. So...
1: Sometimes,
0: sometimes we're just looking for the immediate need. Maybe it's just some money to pay our bill, but by the end of the whole process, you've learned he's my provider. That was the revelation he wanted to bring you to. I'm not saying, don't twist my words, that he'll throw you into a bunch of bad stuff to teach you a lesson. I'm saying that he's good enough to take all of the junk we go through and make it good. (laughs) I do not believe God punishes you. I do not believe that God's like, well, I'm going to have to just take everything from you to teach you a lesson. I don't believe that. Sorry. You want to believe that? Go for it. I'm not going to believe that because I just believe that he's too good for that. But I do believe that he's good enough to take our messes and to take where we've messed up and say, you know what? Probably shouldn't have taken that churn, but we can fix that. Why? Because he has amazing grace. He's that good We have to stay in a place where we're hungry for the Lord. There's an interesting scripture in Proverbs chapter 6, and I'll read it to you. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30 says this People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Stop right there. This is an interesting passage. Solomon is addressing this thing and saying, no one has a problem with a man who is driven by hunger to the point where he steals food to live. He'll have to pay it back. I don't want to focus on the part about stealing. I want to focus on the piece about hunger will drive you to do things that nothing else will drive you to do. For good. When people come in the room that are hungry, they will go places in this worship service and in this morning's meeting that people who are not hungry will not get to go. It will drive you to a point where it's the people that stand after, <laughs> I, it challenges me. I'll stand after service and someone's like, man, this morning just rocked my world. And I was like, well, I thought it was pretty good. But, you know, I was like, well, it wasn't that. You know, and all of a sudden I'm like, they, I mean, honestly, I'm like, they had more hunger than me. I'm like, man, it's like a hunger, like, it's like the real hunger games. It's like, it's like, I'm going to up my hunger, man. I'm like, you're, you're like, and there is ways to do it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to close off when I do end, I'm going to give you six really practical things that will stir up your hunger. But when somebody is leaving and they're like, oh, it's just amazing. Or somebody, especially that we have the amazing privilege of people continually coming through that they come to the church for the first, second, or third time. And they tell them like, we have been looking for this. And their hunger has been stirring and stirring, and they come in, and we sit here, and it's like, oh, that was a normal week. And they're like, that was amazing. That changed my life. Why? Because they've been hungry. I'm telling you, hungry people take the pressure off of the ministers. <sighs> because we're not coming and trying to put a, <laughs> you know, a hungry person doesn't need the presentation to be beautiful. They're like, I'm just hungry. I'm not worried about what it looks like. I want bulk. <laughs> we, go, we go on these. Tiffany and I have had the privilege to go on a few different cruises and we, on vacation. And, man, their food looks pretty. But it's so small. And a plate comes out, and it's like a piece of meat that big, and a three potatoes, and this. And they're like, and, the, and I eat it, and he's like, Was it good? I'm like, yeah, can you bring me like three more plates of that? Because that was like nothing. (laughs) Tiffany gets the dessert, and they're like, which one would you like? She's like, yes. (laughs) Well, which one? Yeah, all of them. Just bring them out. Because they're like that big. Well, there's some people that come to church, and they're so worried about what it looks like, they're not worried that they're getting enough substance. And we're not called to be food critics that just say, well, you know, if it looks, it'll sound a little better, that or that or that. Man, if God is moving, who cares? I'm hungry enough just to see. I just want to get full. I want to eat some meat, man. You don't find passages where the Apostle Paul was like, you know, let's let's pretty that up a little bit. You know, whoa, acting a little wild there. These guys are just bringing heaven down. Oh, I feel it stirring in the room. <laughs> Jesus. The nature of hunger crosses lines that you would have never crossed without hunger. Hunger will drive you to places that without it you'll never go there. I'm not trying to be goofy, but there are things that I've eaten that I was really hungry and I would not have eaten that <laughs> if I was not really hungry. True story. Not from my wife, of course. But there are things that sometimes we will eat because we're hungry enough. But when we're not hungry, all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I don't know if I really need that. I don't know if I really need to gather together with the believers today because I'm pretty good. When we all come together and we're all hungry. And we come, and the band, my, my passion would be that the band is just a soundtrack to you. That it's not like putting on the CD and it's a sing-along. It's they're your soundtrack. Because you're worshiping, and they're accompanying. That's what our heart is. That when people just, the, the praises and the worship erupts from their hearts. But there's things that only come through Hunger. And the reality is, is I, I, I don't care how good you are, you can't force people to worship. You can force them to jump up and down and clap their hands and all that stuff, but I can't force you to have an encounter. Because passion is an overflow of your heart. I can't create passion. I can't, I can't give you my passion. The Bible says that I have to put wood on my own fire. And you have to put wood on your fire. And I said it a few weeks ago, I don't have enough, I can't carry wood for everybody. I just have to keep putting wood on my fire. But when everybody gets hungry and I say, let's keep this fire burning, all of a sudden you get this wild fire. And as I think it's Leonard Ravenhill that said, you don't have to promote a fire. <laughs> If I go light a fire by that street, I don't have to put up a sign that says there's a fire here. (laughs) Fire attracts attention. But you'll never stir up passion in advance of hunger. We're called to stir up our own hunger every day. You can't live off of church. You can't live off of yesterday's hunger. I got that word this morning that yesterday's hunger will give you yesterday's food, and yesterday's food doesn't give you the nutrients that you need for today's mission. That's why people get stuck living in yesteryear or yesterdecade. And there was some why because there was a. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you why. There was a season in their life that they were hungry for the Lord, and they were so hungry for the Lord that He was moving on their heart like crazy. And that was the moment that they look back to and says, that was the moment where God was doing amazing things. So what's easier is going back to that moment. The problem is that yesterday's food has not got the nutrients you need for today. It might make you feel kind of good, but it doesn't give you what you need. You have to have hunger for today so he can feed you for today. So you can carry out what he has for you today. So what does the lifestyle of a hungry person look like? I'm going to steal a few thoughts from one of my friends, Jonathan Welton, and I'm going to build off of them, because he, he wrote an article one time on what hungry people, what their life is like. And the first one is that prayer stirs up hunger. Prayer stirs up hunger. Prayer is huge for the life of a believer. But I think because often that we don't understand the nature of how prayer works sometimes, our prayer lives get stale and dry, and then we back off. So I'm going to kind of give you a few thoughts on prayer. One of the things that we've we've, uh, just noticed as we've went down this journey is that the church often will pray for things that God has actually already given you. The, the, the reason they do that is because we've never been taught what all we carry. And so they, be, they pray for things that they already have. What's, well, let me give you an example. I have a car. I have actually two cars. I don't need to pray for a car because I own a car. I have a couple cars. And so, But if I'm praying for it, I already have the answer to it. I know I'm challenging some of you, but that's kind of the goal. I already have it. Now, there's other people that may not have a car, and they're praying for a car, and they need a car. And so what happens? Somehow they get a car, and the Lord works it out, and there is joy in the answer of getting that car. Because John 16 says that there is joy in answered prayers. But when I'm over here and I'm praying for a car that I already have, there's not going to be a lot of joy because I'm not recognizing what I already have. It's in you. Now, a good prayer would be, Father, I want to be the best expression of the kingdom I could be. I want to be able to move in the fullness of the kingdom, Lord. Show me things that I've never seen before. But what happens is, is we actually can pray for things. I'm telling you, the greatest hindrance to the prayer life is not the devil. It's our thinking. When I began to understand this, I began to understand the authority that I carry. And and before that, I was almost like, you know, God, if you're just good enough, will you come do this? And he's saying, I already did all of that on the cross. One of the most challenging statements I ever heard was that in so many areas of our life, God has, Jesus has already done everything he was going to do about it on the cross. Because either it was finished or it wasn't. Either it was done or it was not done. Now, if it's done and we're not experiencing the fullness of what was done, then there's still a process. And the process is in me, that I have to realize what I carry, and I have to begin to operate in it. And so often, our prayer life, I believe, because we're praying for things that we already have, we can lose the joy of answered prayers. And if we're not getting answers to our prayers, we're trying to find jo- like joy in just the routine of prayers. When we are actually meant to, as John 16 says, to find joy in the answered prayers. What are you praying for? Is it something that he's already given to you? If it is, pray that the Lord would give you a greater revelation of what you already carry. Lord, open my eyes to see the kingdom that lives inside of me. Father, open my eyes to recognize that I actually do carry every spiritual blessing in Christ. I have it. Teach me, Father, how to operate in it. Prayer is so important. Prayer is so huge. And when we begin to pray, we begin to come into this dynamic lifestyle of prayer, and we begin to have Answered prayers, all of a sudden we begin to be filled with joy and our hunger keeps rising because we're experiencing joy. Another thing that fills you, it stirs your hunger, is praying in the Spirit. We are a Spirit filled church, right? Mm. Praying in the Spirit. Paul makes an interesting statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. He makes this statement. He's like, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. <laughs> he like, he's like looking at a group, and he's like, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. With, with what I read that Paul goes through, I can understand why he prayed in the Spirit so much. Like, Paul, Paul, Paul faced quite a few trials, and I can see why he was really living in the Spirit realm. Praying in the Spirit is so important, and it's something that I actually think that often we don't understand how valuable it is for a believer. Because praying in the Spirit is the one gift that the Bible talks about that was given for you. Praying in the Spirit is for you. When I pray in the Spirit, you know what it's for? So often, I don't know what to pray, especially being a pastor. Sometimes you've got all these different things, and sometimes you're in a position where you're hearing all these different stories. And you're like, and I go into my prayer language. Why? Because I'm bypassing my brain, because my brain does not know what to do right now. But I know if I just begin to speak in my prayer language, I'm going to connect with the heart of the Father. Praying in the Spirit is huge. That's why I'll stop sometimes in the service, jump up and worship, say pray in the prayer language. Why? Because I feel God is getting ready to do something. And I really don't know how to lead you. But I know if we all pray in the Spirit, we'll all end up on the same page. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 2, I love it. They all start speaking in tongues. And everybody's like you're talking about the goodness of God in my language. I think it would be safe to say that when we move in praying in our prayer language that there is a element that connects us to the goodness of God. And if you don't have a prayer language, ask him. He'll give it to you. <laughs> And how many times do you pray in the Spirit, and you have no idea what you're saying, but you can feel answers flooding your soul? (laughs) You're like, I feel something's happening. I have no idea what's happening, but I feel there's answers filling my soul. That's how it works, man, when we pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit stirs up hunger. A third thing is fasting stirs up hunger. I know, it's not your favorite topic, but fasting stirs up hunger. And yes, we are called to fast. I don't have time to stay on these long because I'm running out of time. But fasting is powerful because if anything develops humility, it's fasting. If anything helps us understand that we have need, it's fasting. Have any, has anyone fasted here before? You get like in the end of day one, day two, it's like, whoa, I didn't know how much I need food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There is a humility that you begin to understand, I need him. I need him. If I'm going to get through this, I need him. Fasting develops humility. And humility, listen, humility is powerful. Humility makes you a great, humility makes you a great vehicle to carry favor. (laughs) He exalts the humble. Humility brings favor. fasting it makes us sensitive to his presence i don't know about you but when i fast i i'm very sensitive to his presence i feel him in ways that i honestly just don't feel him any other time that i'm i'm yes i'm physically weak i am focused and i feel him i feel his presence it recalibrates us to feel him it increases our faith so fasting stirs up hunger you, Worship, oh, does worship stir up hunger? <laughs> Listen, you were designed to experience heaven. <laughs> you were designed to carry it. You are designed to release it. That's what you're made to do. That's why when you come into a spirit-filled service, I've had people come into our services before like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever been in, but it felt Right? <laughs> I'm telling you, I've had people that are still here, and they could tell you the story. They're like, I didn't like your church the first week I came. they because like, it was weird. But they're like, but I came back. And, and I'm not trying, if it's your first week, to get you to come back or something. We'd love to have you back, but I don't want to feel like I'm manipulating. But I've had people that are like, I, I just, it was weird. I've never been anything like that before. They're like, but I felt something I've also never felt before. Because why? You were experienced to feel him. You were, experienced to ex- you, you were created to experience him. And worship is an atmosphere where that happens. I'm, Matt Sorger said last week, he said, what a thought that the Holy Spirit would show up in worship. He's like, it's sad that it's gotten to the point that he's not there in so many churches. I can't imagine what worship would be like without the Holy Spirit. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but I wouldn't even want to come. I'd rather watch football than go and do routines and not experience the Father in worship. I just, I'm not interested in that. What's the point? And we get to experience it and watch football.
1: (laughs) It's abundance. Favor.
0: (laughs) We were not designed to carry around concepts and theories. We were designed to carry presence. I don't want to just hear about things. I want to experience things. If I ever teach on something that you're not experiencing it, we're doing it wrong. Because you should know about it and experience it. Worship is the place where so often the things you've heard about, you actually experience them. How how often do you you know God's your provider, but you're going through a hard time, and then you come into worship, and by the end of it, it's like, you know God's your provider. Yeah. There's this passage in, in um Psalms chapter 73, verse 17. It's one of my favorites with David. It's like the first half is just wah, 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 wah. Life is bad. Every, woe is me. Everybody hates me. And then he says this line. He says, But then I came into the house of the Lord. But then I came in to the house of the Lord. And here's what he says And I finally understood. There's revelation that only comes in his presence. And when we connect our heart to the heart of the Father, it happens. It's just a—it's a result. You begin to understand him more. You begin to get who he is. Thanks, Jesus. I gotta land this thing. <laughs> All right, reading your Bible stirs up hunger. I said reading your Bible stirs up hunger. We can't. And I'm gonna—I'm just gonna say one thing. I've heard it said that. Our Bible is a manual for life. I would actually say that I don't agree with that. I get the thinking, but a manual is something that's supposed to be for you when the Creator's not present. Your Bible is not supposed to just tell you what to do because the Creator's not there. Your Bible is to reveal to you who He is and that He has good plans for you. The Bible reveals who He is. And then in return, it reveals who you can be. It stirs up hunger. And the last one's this. Reflecting on the words and the things he has told you. stirs up hunger. I know this is a little different than I normally preach, but I'm giving you some practicals. Remembering, reflecting is huge for stirring up hunger. Here's the thing. We are in a very prophetic atmosphere. Every service I hear a word from somebody, and I love it. And... When God gives you a word, when he speaks to you, when he gives you a prophetic word, whether it's through a friend or through the service, here's the thing about prophetic words. They're not guarantees. They're invitations. He doesn't give you a word and you get to say, well, let's just see if that happens. <laughs> Try that with your job. Your paycheck is a guarantee if you do your part. He can pay for what he orders. But there's a piece that involves me. And what he does is he comes in and says, hey, John, I've seen where I'm going to take you. It's amazing. I've seen your destiny. I've seen what I have for you. And I see you're over here. And I see you've got to get through all this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a prophetic word that's going to invite you into what I want to do. But there's this piece, like you. That you have to do something. And see, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, listen, here's the deal. All the prophecies that you've gotten, fight from those. He didn't say fight for them. It's not like they're not good. It's not like God wrote a bad check. He didn't say fight for them. He said, no, he said, you want to know how to get from here to there? Fight from the things I've already given you. This is so important that we get this because we are in a spirit-filled prophetic environment. Write down the words the Lord gives you. Put them somewhere. Reflect on them. Nothing stirs up hunger more than when you go look back five or seven years at something that looked impossible and God gave you word and it happens. And it stirs you. And it makes you hungry to keep moving forward. Prophecies, they're so big. He's inviting us, and I'll close on this. I love it when there's the parable about the wedding and the invitations, and it says that they sent out the invitations and nobody answered. And the, the very last line of that parable, I think it's in Matthew 22, the very last line said this, many are invited, few are chosen. Here's the deal. You want to know who was chosen? It was just the ones that showed up and said yes. You're all invited into greatness. You want to know how you get chosen? Show up and say yes. Your yes is powerful. The church has been known for a lot of no's. What if we would be known for our yes? What if we would be known for the big yes that we carry in our heart? When I got married, I didn't stand in front of my wife and tell her all the no's. I will not do this. I will not do this. I will not do this. What a depressing wedding that would be. I will not do this. I will not. No, 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 no. I gave one big yes that in return said no to all that. I said yes to her. And in return to that, I said no to all of this. I said yes. Many are invited, few are chosen. Who says Yes. He's invited us into greatness. Hunger. Hunger at some point has to go beyond just talking about what we're going to eat. To setting the table. We can talk all day about what God's going to do. But can we set the table in the expectation that he's going to do great things. Years ago when our worship team consisted of like three people. Me being one of them. Matt. I don't know if he he was even old enough at that point. Just a few of us. We would have a bass player and we didn't have a drummer. That is a weak worship team. When you don't have, we've been there. People, if you get to come in and experience all this. We've been through all the phases. And I remember the Lord told me. He said, I'm going to bring you a bass player and a drummer. And... um <laughs> You can tell the people that have been with us for a while. <laughs> Ken's one of them. Love you, Ken. And um, we, so what did I do? I set up the music stand for a, a bass player over there back in the day. And I put, like, books out, and I made him a book. And I got the drums ready. And everybody's like, oh, we got a bass player and drummer? I'm like, yeah. They're like, who are they? I'm like, I don't know. i was <laughs> like, what do you mean? Oh, I know we got one because God told me. Well, who are they? I don't know. And I'll never forget. We went like a couple months. I'm like, come on, girl. This is cool for the first couple of weeks. And uh, it's like, people are like, big faith. People are thinking I'm dumb now. And, and, and I remember, I'll never forget. The guy walks through, just, the guy came for a while and he's like, hey, I'm a bass player. I'm like, of course you are. And, uh, and then he says, hey, my brother's a drummer. <laughs> I was like, you're hired. <laughs> and um <laughs> I had to go beyond the point of just thinking it was a good idea to setting up for it. People that really believe they're getting ready to eat go past the idea of it and say, "Let's set the table." The idea yeah, the idea of outpouring is great, but how about we set the table for the outpouring? And we say, "I'm all in. Let's stand up." Thanks, Jesus. I hope you feel encouraged because hunger should never beat you down. Hunger should drive you to the goodness of the Lord. Father, we just right now, I want you just to, I I can't put wood on your fire. So I want you just to take a moment before we wrap this thing up and just begin to tell him, Lord, I just want to set a place for you. I want to set the table. I'm hungry. I'm not going to be a food critic, Lord. I just want you. If that's you, you pray that in your own words. Just begin to tell them, Lord, we're hungry for you. I I say this often. Let your prayer right now represent your hunger for the Lord, okay? So let's begin to lift your voice and begin to tell them, we're hungry for you, Father. We're hungry. Come on, church. Come on. Father, we welcome you. Lord, we are hungry to know the goodness of the Lord in realms that we've never experienced it before. Father, if you want to feed us what is it, I'm all right with that. I set the table and I don't have to understand or know what I'm eating. As long as I know it came from your hands, I'm good. So we set the table for you right now. I want you, if you have your prayer language, I feel something on that. Begin to pray in your prayer language right now. Come on, everybody in this room, if you have a prayer language. If you don't, ask him and just listen to his voice and he'll speak to you. Come on. we. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone, I can feel it stirring in you right now. You may not know exactly what you're saying, but you're connecting to the heart of the Father. If you don't have it yet, just keep telling Him, Lord, I want more of you. I want to experience everything that's in me. I want to begin to experience to the fullness. Uh, It doesn't matter if you got goosebumps yet. That's not what this is about. This is about leaning into him and saying, Lord, I know what I carry, but I want to experience the fullness of you. I want to experience the fullness of you. Come on. Come on, come on, don't lay back on me yet. Give me a few more minutes. Come on, Lord, we, we set a table. Here at this church, we have set a big table because we're expecting a really big feast, God. We're going to feast on your goodness. We're going to bring others to the table and let them experience the goodness of the Lord. That you are good. That you are good. You are that good. I pray that you would get so hungry that on your drive home, you just get overwhelmed with the hunger of the Lord, that you need to start praying, you need to start singing, you're looking for any worship album you can throw in the CD player because you just need to get in His presence. Lord, stir up our hunger, stir up our hunger, stir up our hunger, stir up our hunger, God. Woo! Woo! come on, come on, come on, come on, he's so good, come on, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, I know, just keep going. I know I'm speaking to people in this room this morning. You are not used to this. This is new for you. Hey, that is completely okay. That is completely fine. I just pray over every person in this room this morning, even if it's the first time you've been in this atmosphere, that you would begin to feel the presence of the Lord on you right now. Sometimes it feels like heat. Sometimes you feel a little shaky. Whatever it is, I pray that he would rest on you right now. Rest on you right now. He's good. He's good, he's good, he's good,
1: he's good. Ooh.
0: I just feel this for some of you in the room right now. I can feel that there's some people that it's, it's challenging for you. You even say, "I've went there before and it went wrong." and I just felt like the Lord was saying, "Just because you've eaten something before that didn't taste good, you didn't stop eating." Sometimes things just don't taste good, and, and it happens. But he just stir back up your hunger. Stir back up your hunger. Don't let it quench your hunger. Don't let it quench your hunger. We let some of you need to let go some things that have quenched your hunger. I could feel like it's just, I see like it pulling you back. And you need to just say, I just let that thing go. I let that thing go. Whether it was a minister or a pastor or a brother or sister in Christ that said something that just quenched your fire, man, it's time to say, I let that thing go. You can't hold on to that and hold wood for your fire at the same time. So let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I feel a response for one last thing this morning. I feel like we need to just be able to say, God, I'm okay with whatever, the, whatever it is. I, I just, I, we, we have, everyone in this room has a different idea of what God wants to do. And in the end, it's just, Lord, whatever it is, I want that. And so if we could all, just in our own words, just tell him, Lord, whatever it is, that's what I want. I don't have to understand it as long as it's from you. I don't have to understand it, as long as it's from you. Whoa. I see one. (laughs) Grab the hand of the person next to you. We'll finish it this way. I keep seeing, like, the Lord keeps saying you have to complete the circuit. (laughs) Anybody that knows anything about electricity knows what I'm talking about. If you break a circuit off, it just, it doesn't carry on power. I feel like there's something that's gonna happen through the just the power in each one of you. So I want you to do this. I want you to take a moment. I just want you to pray that the Lord, that the, the that they, the person on the left and the right of you would experience him right now in a powerful way. Right now, pray that. Come on, pray, pray that out loud. Pray Lord that the person on my left and my right would experience you. They would experience you. They would experience you. Ooh. Come on, you can share your power. You can share the power that you carry. Come on, release it through the person all the way throughout the room that experience you. It experience you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that the hunger of the Lord would be so strong and so deep within us that it just, you can't get it off your mind. That even as you do your regular, everyday activities, you're hungry for him. You're hungry for him. You can release their hand. We had a a package delivered here, and I want to be careful what I say. Um, we've had a lot of packages being delivered because of these nurseries. UPS, we're kind of a hub now. And... um we have this nice clean glass window out here that the UPS lady didn't see. And she hit it really hard. Like, we thought she broke her nose hard. And I wasn't here. I can laugh about it now because she laughs about it now. I talked to her and the guy the next day. She's good. But he came back and he told me the story. And I wasn't here. And he said, you know, it was her first day on the job. And he's like, I was training her and she was running and not looking and just, bam. He said, did you know that there were people at your church that came and prayed for her? He's like, and she got in the truck and told me all about how these people came and laid hands on her. And he said that she actually felt better. (laughs) 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 What's the point? There are things that sometimes may seem little to you. But if you just stop for a minute and do it, you may wreck someone else's life for the good. And that poor lady hit that hard, and someone grabbed her and prayed over her and said, Lord, and just prayed healing and wholeness over her. And it was enough to the point where the guy that was with her came and told me the next day. He said, that really did something. God's going to bring moments that only when you're hungry enough do you see them. Be aware of them. I pray those moments over everybody in this place, that even as you go to lunch today, maybe it's a waitress that you've Never sensed it until now, but she's carrying oppression or heaviness, and you feel it, and you don't bring it up. You just say, "I just love you, I bless you, God loves you." In Jesus' name, listen. I want to. I want to call the prayer team up this morning because they come up, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to close this way. This prayer team is. um, They can cover you, whatever it might be. Whether it's you need a healing in your body, you need somebody just to agree with you for a breakthrough. They can stand with you. They can believe with you. And um, feel free just to come up. Lord, I bless you. I bless everything that you set your hand to this week. I bless your family, your children, your spouse, your parents. Lord, we just bless everyone in your realm with the favor of God and with the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, come up. Otherwise, say hi to a few people before you leave. Give them a hug and have a great day.